Bandwidth for Security Now is provided by AOL Radio at AOL.com slash podcasting. This is Security Now with Steve Gibson, episode 46 for June 29, 2006. Router Logs. Brought to you by Astaro, makers of the Astaro Security Gateway. On the web at www.astaro.com. It's time for another Security Now. That means another foray into the fascinating world of computer, internet, security, protecting your system, how encryption works, how ports work, uh, how VPNs work, all of that Thanks to our great teacher and master, the guru of high-tech security, Mr. Steve Gibson. <laughs> hey, Steve. Hey, Leo. Great to be back with you this week. I think, I think more and more people think of you now as a teacher. Um, uh, and you've been so great on these past 45 episodes, 46 now, um, uh, teaching us about all the basics uh, of this subject. I think it's great. Well, I, I, just, I just love the technology, and I've never understood why... People seem to think that this stuff is so difficult. I well, mean, now wait. Now some of it is, and when when you when you when you've done your your darndest to explain public key cryptography, and and even a dunce like me gets it, it's really more a testament to you than the simplicity of the subject. This stuff can be pretty complicated. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess it's that, that there is an easy way to to see the concepts. One of the things I've noticed is you're reading an academic paper and and the language is so obtuse and so confusing yeah. and and you you look at it over and over and over and or, or or read it all the way through and then it's like wait a minute all they're really saying is this. <laughs> what? That's you know, all. <laughs> it's, it's like they're trying to justify their third PhD or something. It's like, wait a minute. I could have I could have said that in one paragraph and made it so that my mother could understand it yeah. instead of like four pages of bizarre arcania, which really seems intended to confuse rather than explain. And, and so I, I think even no matter how complex something is, if it's if the goal is to explain it, it's possible to make it clear. So well, you're good. I think that's really your skill is is reading all this arcane and confusing stuff and boiling it down. So what are you gonna what are you gonna boil in your pot today? You know, one of the things that I get questions about i mean i have for years and and are the the this the the form at the bottom of the security now page at grc is is constantly getting questions about router logs people oh. are worried about their about what their logs are telling them now do all routers keep logs not all of them um, I think all contemporary routers now offer the option at least mm-hmm. um, it, you know you might have some some off-market junior routers that don't but logging is just something that's you know it's it's now on the bullet feature list of any router that's going to be competing with all the others right and and you know they want to they want to give you the option of logging so what's in that log well mostly nothing I mean, and, and <laughs> a lot of nothing, and that really is the problem. Now, you know, we've talked before about the junk on the internet, 
and and I've 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 talked about how I coined the the acronym IBR Internet Background Radiation. I mean, it's it's really what this is. This packet noise is just internet background radiation. The the router log is is exactly equivalent to the per, the the personal firewalls which pop up an announcement anytime anything unsolicited hits your computer. Well, it's always seemed to me that that personal firewalls were doing this because they wanted to prove themselves <laughs> I'm important. useful. I'm doing you something. Know, you know, <laughs> I'm busy. busy, and, busy. And, and, and of course, exactly. And of course, the problem is that that in in crying wolf, as much as personal firewalls do, until you finally uncheck that box that says, you know, notify me when yeah. anything wrong happens. Enough. You finally, so it's like, okay, I, I I trust that the firewall is on. I don't want to know about it every right. five seconds. Right. But I mean, it, it it really is the case that there is just this junk on the internet now. Now the routers have gone a little bit further, I think, because they're trying to alert users. You know, they're they're they're, they're saying that they're firewall enabled, they're stateful packet inspection, they're they're doing all this fancy stuff to protect their users. I mean, some routers even say they will protect you from a denial of service attack. Well, I've How? never un- <laughs> exactly I've never understood that claim yeah. because because the problem of course is a denial of service attack is flooding your bandwidth with garbage and the router could attempt some sort of filtering except that the problem is there's too much data malicious data coming to you for the good data to get to you so the router can't filter what it doesn't receive. It's, and the, it's, the problem is the, the denial of service is blocking access, basically. And how's well, the router exa- going to stop that? Exactly. And in fact, all all any router can do that says it's going to do denial of service protection is to block traffic that from getting through. The problem is no good traffic is able to get through anyway, <laughs> and and just blacklisting an IP in your network doesn't help because even the machines that are not under attack all share the same IP, that is your router's public IP, which you know, which is being swamped by traffic to the extent that no valid packets are able to reach it. So, you know, I mean these claims that the router manufacturers I mean Lord knows, you and I preach the the security and value of NAT routers almost constantly because it's such a tremendous security tool. But but you know them saying that oh we're going to protect you from a denial of service attack is <laughs> is just nonsense. Unfortunately, on the other hand, they certainly could log it and you'd see it happening. I guess. Uh, well, and that's the problem is, and that brings us back to logs. Is that what the routers are doing is trying to make sense of noise. Oh. You know, it's literally like tuning your AM radio in between stations right. and hearing the shh and right. and trying to find something of value in the static. So there's I mean, so much going on that it's not obvious w- what's what's really going on. 
Well, there actually, there's so much going on that there's nothing going on. I mean, that, that's exactly what's happening is that, you know, uh, we've talked before about how the Internet will never be cleansed of worms, of our old past generation worms, Code Red and NIMDA and, and, and so on, and MS Blast, that copies of these worms are on machines, randomly out, scanning the Internet, sending basically creating internet background radiation on an ongoing basis. Mm. So every IP on the net is going to get some of these packets sooner or later from these machines. And and, and there's even there, there, there's even misconfiguration of systems where where packets that have no business being on the net, strange protocols and, and broken things, just sort of wander in to a machine from time to time. I mean, it's it's really instructive to put a packet sniffer on a on just like on a cable on a raw unfiltered cable modem line and just look at the the junk that is coming in now the problem is the routers don't um the, the routers don't understand or they don't want to understand that nobody needs to be advised about this i mean the point i guess is if somebody is under denial of service attack they know it yeah and and, and in fact what i'm you can't seeing get online exactly <laughs> you may not know off. why i mean you may you're, i mean it would be nice if a log said oh look you're getting all of these uh, uh, packets uh, pointed at you from this guy bad guy because then you would know well that's why i can't get online what i have seen however is that b- based on the logs that people send me saying what do you think of this they'll there'll be a router that says they're in a denial of a service attack and i look at the log and it shows that they're getting one packet about every five seconds from somewhere mm. well that's not a denial I, of service attack no i mean that wouldn't deny anybody service <laughs> but the router again in trying to justify itself and prove its value <laughs> is 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 aggregating this information and and seeing oh look at all these sin packets that are coming in well yeah if you wait an hour and you've got you know 26 of them well, that's not a denial of service attack. Right. And so what's happening is people are are really being needlessly alarmed. I mean, some people, I guess, who want to watch their router logs, after a while, they it must be the, the case that they become inured to these kinds of reports and just go, well, okay, I think my router's a little a little log happy here um, because I don't feel like I'm under denial of service attack and everything's just fine right. even though the router assures me that I'm being attacked by somebody in China somewhere or 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 who knows where right so it just it just it just it's it, advertising it's, 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 it's advertising it, it, for what a good job it's doing yeah and for and I wanted to I just wanted to take some time Give it a podcast and talk about, you know, these NAT router logs. Is there anything you can glean from them at all? No. It sounds like it's a no. <laughs> I really don't think so. Yeah. The, the, sometimes you will get, if your IP changes, you will start getting, like, um, in fact, I remember seeing this myself, um, you, you'll, you'll, your IP will change, and suddenly you'll start getting a lot more 
logging, for example, because the IP you just inherited belonged to somebody on the Kazaa file sharing network or, uh, or on, on Morpheus or something. So there's all these and people trying to log in to get their Exactly. Files. And so suddenly all these peers that, that, that were hooked up to this IP that belonged to somebody else are now trying, you know, still, I mean, I, as I remember, because I, I saw this often uh, back when I was looking at this stuff closely, suddenly you, you'd have all this traffic and it takes a long time for that traffic to subside for, for the, the the, the peer-to-peer network to decide that okay you really are gone and you're not coming back anytime soon right so you know i no, was I never still, it's funny because i we had a BitTorrent server once on my website and uh, now i continue to get hundreds of hits a minute from other BitTorrent clients looking for the tracker Exactly. So I can vouch for that. Absolutely. Exactly. That's a perfect example. Yeah. So, so if people wonder why their traffic as being logged by their NAT router sometimes is, is in huge dose and, and, and sometimes much lesser dose, it, if, if in fact they had their, their router unplugged or turned off and then turned it back on, there's a chance they got a new IP that mm-hmm. might have belonged to somebody who was much more active doing right. things in a peer-to-peer network. And so, again, you'll get a ton of traffic and then it'll subside over time. So, so the log might be useful for that. Um, you I look at re- your router logs. Uh, is there something quantitatively different you get from your router than the standard Linksys router will give you? Actually, the only the only times I look at my logs are if there's something happening that I that I do need to know about. If something seems off or wrong, so there's something you're looking for then in the log. I- exactly. I, I'm 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 trying to figure out specifically what's going on mm. but down at the traffic level now the other real problem with the logs is that they're incomplete they it's sort of like a junior log that you get <laughs> with most log. of these nat routers right. and so so often for example people will send me a chunk of log saying hey steve you know what do you think this is <laughs> and and the problem is i can't tell uh, nobody can tell mm. because the router is sort of saying just enough to raise the question of of what's going on with but with, for example it isn't telling you what the tcp flags are right. of the packet coming in it's just claiming that it's an attack of some kind and so for example many times it's not it's got nothing to do with being an attack and only if we had a complete log entry could we then say for sure, ah, this is what this is? So, so one of the differences between sort of a, a, a junior consumer log and you know real professional network gear logging is professional network gear logging often tells you much more than you want to know, but at least you have you have what you need to know. Whereas NAT routers are often not providing you sufficient information to actually perform any useful diagnosis. They, I mean, and that's my complaint, is they're just sort of bubblegum logs. I mean, they're just, <laughs> you know, they're they're just there to sort of add a feature to the router. Right. Um, it, it, this one logs. It, 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 it could be interesting, but actually it's one of the reasons, it's, it's one of the one of the benefits to going to like a real uh, Unix or Linux um, system, you know, a, a, an inexpensive um, PC running 
NAT routing software, and and we've talked about many of the of of the uh, the standard off the shelf, easy to configure like smooth wall and mono wall systems where where those systems have have real logging facilities and and there you're first of all one of the things they don't do typically is you know is bother you with trying to interpret their logs the logs are there if something arises where you need to go look at them and they're complete so that that's the kind of logging that makes sense you know log traffic if you want to but if you're going to log it, log it completely so that something is of as useful and can be really determined from the log. Um, but you know this sort of this half measure of NAT router logging uh, in standard consumer NAT router just makes no sense to me at all. It, I mean, it is, it is, it is falsely positive, alarming people, and the information it contains isn't sufficient to provide any useful diagnosis if you wanted to. Is it essentially the same kind of thing you get when you run a software firewall and it's popping up alerts every five seconds? Yeah, it's exactly that. And in fact, in in some cases, it's weird. I've seen... I've seen situations where the 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 a NAT router will alert somebody hours after they've been doing something on the net that causes the alarm. What must be happening is that the router is aggregating traffic, trying not to produce multiple alarms but it's like so it's so it's like it's seeing some things going on then it's deliberately waiting some length of time to see whether any more junk comes in that's associated with that same remote ip so that it can associate all of that into a single um event report the problem is that event report is then popping up at a time or, or or presenting itself at a time which is disconnected from the user's actions which may have caused that event so it makes it and even that's more a, baffling that's another thing that confuses people <laughs> like, what is, is this <laughs> and so so someone will say hey look at this log and here's what happened and it's like okay well there's nothing in the log you've shown me that's about what happened so they'll go back several more hours and there's the traffic oh. hours before that's that weird. caused this report so I, I can understand the logic in the in the router manufacturer's mind. I mean, some router programmer thought it would be really cool, you know, like to to wait a, a while so that multiple events for the same activity um, were not being reported. The problem is that induces confusion in 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 the consumer's mind, who doesn't understand what it why something happened now you know an hour after they haven't been using their computer and the fact is that leads them to believe now they're under attack when in fact it's something they were doing hours before when where if the report occurred then they'd go oh yeah i know i'm i'm doing that right i've got BitTorrent running or whatever yeah exactly you know or peer-to-peer system or or something which is causing these 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 sorts of reports well so can we talk a little bit about this internet background radiation and, and what it is you mentioned and we've talked about before things like worms like sasser and ms blast that just continue to float around as long as they're unintended when an unpatched windows 98 machines in the net they'll just continue to float around Right. Uh, is some of it from hackers also? Like, uh, I, I mean, I get the impression that they're they're kind of going around looking for vulnerabilities all the time. Is that true? Uh, you know, um, I, I think that is still the case. It it seems it's getting less attention now. I think because 
there's so much noise on the net. I mean, it used to be, for example, that... that this is so-called so, port sniffing, right? Exactly, right. Or, or port scanning. Right. It used to be that people who were watching their router logs and who were like like took it upon themselves to police the internet <laughs> i mean i'm not kidding they, they would be when when random packets from somewhere hit their machine they would look up the isp uh, that owned that block of ip addresses and send abuse report email <laughs> saying somebody in your network just scanned my computer how dare they i remember getting callers like that yeah yeah oh yeah and and i mean thank god at least that has tended to to subside and the reason is no one can keep up with that anymore right. i mean there there's just so much stuff on the net but it, it is the case that that there are malicious people now and still scanning the internet looking for specific vulnerable ports. You know, we've talked about how, for example, my network, I, I just couldn't have Telnet, uh, the standard Telnet port 23 open and exposed on, on my own network because the appliances that, that I could Telnet to um, didn't have sufficient and, and adequate security. So, um, so the idea would be that there are scanners running on, right now somewhere, many of them in the world, that are just slowly, methodically sweeping the IP space of the net, looking for for anyone who will accept a TCP connection on port 23. And that you know, means... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, no, go, no. Well, I'm just saying I've seen these hacker tools. Uh, whenever there's an exploit that comes out, uh, the hacker tool comes out, and it, they're very simple. I mean, any script kitty, and that's the problem, is that most of these aren't really proficient hackers, can run a little program that says, okay, what IP addresses do you want to scan? Let's see, one, two, one million, uh, and what ports uh -huh. do you want to attack? Uh, yep. You know, here's a few. And they press a button, and they walk away, and all of a sudden they've created a huge amount of chatter going out. Now, well, even if they got in, they probably wouldn't know what to do. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with that result, but well, and of course, you, the 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 very same tools. Um, uh, the famous one is Nmap, right? Which is which actually is a very a, powerful tool, a very powerful scanner. I mean, if you, if you put port scanner into Google, you know, stand back because yeah, yeah. you know it it it's it, it's it's a type of tool that many people have have written. And and Fyodor's Nmap is a very powerful scanner, which I'm sure is being employed for malicious purposes. And in fact, the the exact scenario you mentioned, where you at you put an IP range and a port range, I was talking a couple of weeks ago about the about how it was Windows open file sharing dilemma that that years ago induced me to create Shields Up. Right, right. Well, I used a scanner just like that, and I said find port 139 tcp port 139 and i put in the range of ip addresses surrounding the ip i had received from our isp for our isdn line and up popped all these computers <laughs> that were accepting connections on port 139 right. i mean they, they had they had windows file sharing open and exposed and many of them had drive c and d and e and f and g all freely available on the internet so so the good news is these sorts of problems have diminished, but for well, for example, file sharing. Um, 
uh, my ISP for my cable modem provider, Cox, they're blocking now 137 through 139 and 445 and a few other commonly attacked Microsoft ports, and, and which is really a service for their users. So they're automatically preventing anyone from the outside being able to, to get in. However, you're still able to, from within the Cox network, you're able to provide or to, or to create scans because they're only protecting at their border yeah so these- but it's the same i'm sorry but, but but at the same time to really get back to answer your question some of the traffic that this internet background radiation is coming from essentially automated non-sentient worms that are just out there scanning around that the, the, that we're never going to get rid of um, but it is the case that other traffic, well, so, some other is uh, Windows Messenger pop-ups. I still see a lot of that happening. I, that's junk on port 135. Right. You know, tr- trying to spam people who have a naked machine with no firewall, who have Windows Messenger running, and that must mean that they're not up to service pack 2 of XP because that, that finally, you know, the XP's firewall blocks that, and the Messenger service is finally not running by default. Um, uh, It would be really interesting to to run Ethereal or some sort of uh, network packet analyzer to just watch kind of this background noise and kind of break it down. I wonder, I'm sure some security group has done this and, you know, what percentage is you know sasser what percentage is this what percentage is that oh it it really is interesting leo i mean it is absolutely interesting i i remember from the last time i was doing it when i was you know in the in the focusing on my cable modem traffic and i think it's when i was dealing with wicked after the 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 13 year old uh, kid who had who attacked grc years ago I spent a lot of time looking at the traffic and and having a just a a constant log running showing me what was coming in and I'm so and and it, it's a mixture. Now we have worms. We 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 do have advertisers trying to send you you know a Windows pop up messenger and then you've got the occasional uh, clear port scan. Right. Um, in fact, I've I've got several different IP ranges, and I remember when I was watching those ranges, you would you could see packets arriving. For example, SYN packets on port twenty three that would just sequentially arrive at successive IP addresses. So it's literally a, a linear scan um, through a, a, a range of IPs, something looking for an open server on a given port. And it's going on all the time. It's really kind of amazing. I, I suppose, you know, it, five years from now, you'll still see a sasser on the net and, and this stuff. It, you know, it'd be kind of senescent since there won't be anything for it to attack anymore. But as long as there's one window, infected Windows 98 machine out there, it'll continue to, to bang well, it, on it, the it's door. Well, fun, it's funny, too, because in the old days, you know, meaning six years ago, <laughs> um, you could look at your cable modem light. And you could use that light to determine when you had traffic with your computer. Right. Now, that light it's is never... It's exactly. Yeah. It, it is never not flashing. Because there's just all this junk out there on the cable modem um, and even on a DSL line, which is just, you know, it's just, again, it's IBR. It's Internet Background Radiation. So, so I guess my message would be, um, for for people who are concerned about their NAT router logging 
telling me if it's too noisy, uh, if, if you're worried that, that there's some valuable information there, I would suggest that it, it probably is more the router trying to justify its existence than it is useful. The, the logging can be useful if you are forensically trying to figure out why something doesn't seem to be working in your network. For example, if you were looking for incoming traffic because you had believed that you'd opened a port that was that was going to allow traffic from from like a, a friend of yours who was trying to connect into your system well the log there might tell you that it was blocking and dropping packets from a certain IP and in fact we briefly mentioned this idea which I think is actually kind of clever of allowing two routers to connect to each other by sending traffic to each other and having each router look at its own log to determine what port and IP that traffic is coming from and then have the computer that's reading the log send traffic outbound to that IP and port which would allow you to do a NAT traversal without needing a third party. I've never seen that written or or heard of it before, but it would be kind of a cool way using the router's logs to to perform a non third party NAT traversal. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting idea. So, so it, it can have applications, but, but but again, I think it's mostly useful for forensic or diagnostic purposes, not useful for alerting you to attacks. The fact is. Technically, we are all under attack all, all the time. time. So, I mean, so truly. Stop sending us your logs. <laughs> and, and, it, that, and that's why, you know, any Windows machine, uh, a, a recently created Windows machine that isn't patched fully, stuck on the Internet with no firewall protecting it, will be, I mean, tests have been done. It is taken over within minutes, literally, of being stuck on the net. Every IP is constantly under, quote, attack, unquote. So that's why stick a NAT router on your network and just ignore it. Yeah. It is protecting you. Or just make sure you've got your firewall running on your PC if you're not behind a NAT router. And again, ignore all that nonsense. It's one of the reasons that Microsoft's Service Pack 2 XP firewall is so quiet and it has no option for pop-ups. I mean, they don't offer that as an option, as far as I know. Um, I guess there's a log that you can turn on in XP's firewall. I think I remember seeing some some logging that, again, for diagnostic purposes is useful, for warning you of attacks is not, because, again, we're all under attack. Steve, you've done it again. And and mainly, I think, because both of us handle questions from people, uh, you know, what, is, what does that mean? What does this mean? It's really mainly just to, to calm people down. It's, it's okay. It's normal. It's just noise. It's internet background it's radiation. Noise. More information always on the website at uh, grc.com slash security. Now, that's where you'll find transcripts of this show and every show. We've done all 45, 46 episodes now. Uh, and also, of course... Uh, 16 kilobit versions for the bandwidth impaired, still on modems, or people who just don't have the time to download a higher quality version. Uh, we also uh, remind you that that's the home for Spinrite, which is everybody's favorite, my favorite, disk maintenance and recovery utility. The The stories keep coming in. If you want to read some amazing testimonials, visit spinrite.info. 
Steve's put a, puts new ones up all the time, and they're just they're heartwarming stories. It must make you feel very good. To- yeah, actually, I, I need. I keep saying that I'm going to catch up. I, I've got a whole bunch more. I think the last one is a couple months ago that you know somebody's system wouldn't boot anymore. Oh, they're constant and, though. You get them every day. So uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Spinrite uh, is available at grc.com, and if you deal with drives, you need Spinrite. You know, I think a lot of people go to very fancy, expensive, and I mean thousands of dollars, disk recovery places, when in fact, if it's just a soft error, if it's just a, a formatting error or a software error or an operating system error, it's almost, you know, they can't do anything that Spinrite can well, so. the other thing, too, is with drives being so big, there are many areas of drives that aren't visited very often. And and one of the nice things that Spinrite does is when you turn it loose on your system and let it run overnight or, you know, uh, however long it takes, depending upon the, the, the speed of the whole system, um, it's reading and writing every single sector of your drive several times it 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 reads it it inverts the data writes it back reads that inverts it again writes it back and reads it again kind of exercises it it. so it really exercises it and and that's important because drives are now handling their own defects but if a sector defect gets too big to be corrected then you've got a problem the cool thing is that spinrite essentially lets the drive inspect itself by asking it to read and rewrite and and reread the entire surface so any trouble which is beginning to occur spinrite essentially shows the drive that hey you got a problem with this sector mm-hmm. and map and the out, drive exactly yeah. map yeah. it out it, it removes it from service and it swaps a spare in so and so as a preventive maintenance tool and as a means just to check to see what condition your drives are in i mean there really is nothing like it uh, with with these big 500 gigabyte drives now i run spinrite on every new drive just because i don't i want proactively i want to make sure that there's nothing wrong with that drive before I start you know, committing important <laughs> it's, things. It's, it's it. funny. In, in the old days, uh, we got in tr- – well, we didn't get in trouble. But, but um, there were some manufacturers that would over-order the – them. we're talking like – well, okay, Compaq. I mean, no, major computer manufacturers. They're gone oh, now. We can talk oh, about them. <laughs> right. Uh, in fact, that I just realized that. They would over-order the, the number of drives they needed, use Spinrite – to qualify them at the loading dock, essentially an incoming QA, and then return the, the, the excess drives that were the least good as determined by Spinrite. So, I mean, it, it really has that sort of, like, you know, diagnostic and, and long-term preventive maintenance capability. Well, you, I wish drive manufacturers would just do that before they leave the factory. But I would, buy, I would pay a premium for a drive if it said Spinrite tested before <laughs> shipping. I would buy. I would pay a premium for that. Maybe someday. <laughs> hey, you know, we were talking about all of this router activity and monitoring and so forth. If you are administrator of a big network, uh, you certainly need to do this kind of thing. You need to constantly keep an eye on things, and you need a router that's a little smarter than the average Linksys. You need the Astaro Security Gateway. Astaro is, of course, the sponsor of Security Now. We're really glad to have them. All open source. They make great stuff. They've just released a brand new product, the InCenter version 1 ACC, they call it. It's free for all users of the Astaro Security Gateway. So if you're a network administrator with multiple gateways, you can manage them, you can control them, you can monitor them, you can look at threat levels, all from one central command post that's got a beautiful map of the world. It's just really slick. ACC is one of the many reasons to look at the Astaro Security Gateway. If you're a small or medium business and you need superior protection from spam, from viruses, from hackers, 
plus complete VPN capabilities, intrusion protection, content filtering, and an industrial strength firewall at an easy to use, high performance appliance. Contact Astaro, A S T A R O dot com, or call 877 the number four Astaro for a free trial of an Astaro Security Gateway appliance in your business. I use the 120, and it's really neat. You can, by the way, download it for home users. There is a free version. The software is available. So if you've got an old PC lying around, you'd like to turn into a super bulletproof, super extra powerful gateway, download the software for free. A-S-T-A-R-O.com. We thank them for their support of this podcast. And as always, we thank Steve Gibson for his tireless work protecting us, educating us, and helping us get the most out of our technology. GRC.com. I'll see you next week, Steve. Okay, Leo. Security now.